Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. Oh, it's so good to be here with you guys. You're going to spend a couple of times. I've just so been wanting to come and see you. Thank you for welcoming us here. Um, I was sometimes just, um, oh yeah, you've maybe seen it. Thank you. You're just giving me signs and wonders. <laughs> oh gosh, often when I come to a new church, there's one of the songs that just jump out at me. And just now, I had a feeling when you sang Standing Here in Christ Church and you choose to sing, the earth will shake and tremble before him. <laughs> oh my goodness, it gets a new meaning standing here. I just had a crash course from Pastor Tico in the car. Too. What shall I do if it starts moving? Oh gosh, we pray for you back then. Were you doing well? We can see. <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. Um, so, so quite a few years back, we had in our garden suddenly a hot air balloon come really, really low. The dogs got scared, not ours, the neighbor's dogs got scared. We said, oh, what's happening? And then so when I had to select a theme for our women's conference just gone, I got to think of this hot air balloon because I wanted it to be about dreaming, about keep dreaming or dream on. But sometimes people can say to you, oh, dream on. Or we can say to each other, come on, dream on, keep dreaming, go for it. And so that um, sometimes we can feel like a hot air balloon on the ground with sandbags and ropes tied up, already maybe full of whatever, good stuff, but we're tied down. Or we can, like that hot air balloon, just hover a little bit. It was just over our house, but it felt like we could touch it. So sometimes we can hover just over the ground. We're going somewhere, we're going somewhere in life with God, but we just see others up there. We want to go up there as well, right? We want to live with God with full purpose, full potential. Um, but sometimes we can have sandbags. It might be behavioral patterns we have allowed to fester in our lives, or circumstances, or convictions we have, or the very famous chatterbox. Have you got a chatterbox? It says things about you, you're not good enough, or God can't use, maybe God can't use me because of that sin maybe this morning, or, or what this happened to me, or I chose to do that years ago. Can, I, can God really still use me? So we need to, to check those those um, sandbags. The two questions that really challenged me a while ago I'd like to read to you. How many contributions that God has called you to make for his glory are still wrapped up in good intentions because they've been neutralized by spiritual hesitation? So you might have done one good thing or ten good things, but there's more. Or the second question, what desperate needs are crying out to be met all around you that God cannot meet through you? until you confront these lies and discover the courage to fulfill your calling. Yeah, so today is throwing sandbags day, okay? And a hot air balloon needs more than that. It needs air or heat. It needs hot air. And we can diffuse the lies that the devil has put into us from day one we were here. We can diffuse them with the Word of God. And we, can, with the, we can ask him with the Holy Spirit to, to fire us up so that we can, we can get off the ground. So his word and his spirit is what's going to take us. And also, one thing I am learning is compassionate self-talk. Talk to yourself the way God talks to you or your best friend. Because everything else is not from God. He's good and our voice should be good. So Romans 12 and Hebrews 12, they talk about how we, can, we need to renew our mind and how do we need to throw off everything that hinders us. So are you ready to do that today? One more sandbag go. 
Um, I'm going to sing to you a short song that I wrote for a women's conference because I asked a few people to make a short movie about how sometimes we live like as an audition, waiting for someone to press a buzzer. Do you have the voice, right? Waiting for someone to press so my life can begin or my dream can begin. So why do we do that? Why do we live like this sometimes? So this dream is about living my dream and about uh, maybe pulling that buzzer towards us because God has pushed it long before we were born. When he thought us up, he pushed it. So we, can just, we don't have to wait for another buzzer to be pushed. We can just live our dream with him. A bright heart ever I feel grounded when the sandbags of life weigh me down could I throw them overboard cut the ropes to stop my climb letting the fire within me blaze so I There is something deep within I must follow Even if I risk a broken wing or two My heart beats to a different drum I must dance and get in sync I have to see how high I can Guten Abend. Oh, I hear some people speak actually German. That's good. <laughs> Sorry that you have to put up with my German accent tonight. Um, I always tell the joke that um, many years ago, um, I, or Miriam and I, we pastored a church in London, and one day I spoke about the joke of the Lord instead of the yoke of the Lord. And in my sermon, the soldiers of Egypt, they didn't um, drown in the Red Sea. They all got drunk in the Red Sea because the German words are quite similar. So if anything is not, you know, if you think this is not in the Bible, it's because of my German. It's, we, we have the same Bible, right? <laughs> it's so good to be here um, in Christ Church again. Um, and I believe God has something for us tonight, right? Um, it's so good. Um, I enjoy... Um, I think you should really register for Shout. You know, 
I have been to 14 shouts. Wow, I, I just asked Mark, he's been to six shouts. So we come from the other side of the world to come to shout. So there's no reason for anyone in Christchurch not to come to shout. Um, it, it was such an awesome time and such a blessing to be there. And um, I say that actually at the shout conference, um, you as a nation of New Zealand, you have such an impact into all over the world into Europe, and we want to thank you for that. We want to honor you for that. It's for us, it's such a blessing to be here. Um, we, we have been at one Shout Conference, Miriam and I, um, this is probably ten, nine years ago, and we felt a calling to go to Berlin, and we planted the church eight years ago, and now um, we have three Equipus churches in Germany, three ch Equipus church plants in Germany, and something happened here, and, and we want just to honor you for that, um, and we believe this world, Europe, needs change, needs Jesus, and, and this is so awesome to, to be here. And hopefully we can be a blessing for you tonight. This is what I believe. Um, Miriam and I, we are traveling. We have four boys. Four boys. Men have boys. No, 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 no. Stupid joke. <laughs> I will leave that. Um, we have four boys, um, 19, 17, 15, and 11. Um, there will be three weeks on their own. We're praying every day. Um, now, they've been in Denmark um, for one week. Miriam is from Denmark, so that... That was actually really funny when everyone pulls Miriam up to sing a German song because for a Dane to sing a German song, this is really difficult. But uh, <laughs> and Mark is here. I, I need Mark. I need to Pastor Mark. I mean, England lost this night. That was really, you know, we should, you know, oh, England lost. Uh, <laughs> no. uh, <coughs> Just a question on that. Who is the reigning world champion in football? <laughs> the All Blacks. <laughs> now, we will have fun tonight. <laughs> now, we are we're actually traveling three weeks, um, and we celebrate our 25th anniversary on this journey. Um, this is really amazing. It's God's grace, it is. Um, and... Just, just after New Zealand, we go for one week to, to, El, or to, San to California. We'll be with the Equipers there and spending some days um, just on our own with our, without our kids. What a blessing. <laughs> I want to go with you to a story. Probably many of you have heard the story. You heard many sermons on that story. It's a story about the prodigal son. And, and the story is, I, I love the story. It's a story, and, and Jesus tells the story. And when Jesus tells the story, he wants to say something. You know, he wants to, he wants to make a point. And the story is this, this two sons, or the, one of the sons coming to their father and asking for their inheritance. And the Bible says, um, let, let's just jump into it, Luke 15. I will not read the whole story, but just some things out of it. And, and Jesus said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of good that fall to me. And later on, he, we know he, he takes all the money, he takes all what he has, and he, 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 he runs away, he spends all the money, he does not really live a good lifestyle. And, 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 and then there comes a point, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and not to spare, and I perish with hunger. 
I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am not longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he, he runs back to his father. We know his father is looking already for, the, for his son, and he runs towards him. He hugs him. He gave him back his, um, his clothes, his shoes, the ring on the finger, and, and it's just a big party in the house. And Jesus tells a story to make a point and say how much God in heaven loves us. And we can't explain, you know, we can't explain how much the love of, the love of God is to, towards us, to each one of us. God is, you know, he has a passion for us, he's, he, 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 he's looking after us, he's, when we run away, he's already looking after us, and, and I want to tell you tonight, you know, J Jesus loves us so much, God in heaven, he's, he's, he, he knows our name, he, he, he's, he has just a longing in his heart to, to have connections to us. But there's another thing in this story which really talks to me, when the Youngest son comes to his father in the beginning. He said, Father, give me. And I think sometimes as Christians, we have this lifestyle is, God, give me. Our prayer is, give me. I remember as, as a young boy, I prayed many times, you know, God, I really need this. God, please let the teacher not ask for the homework today. God, do this. Give me that. Give me that. I would like to have that. Give me that. Give me house. We pray, God, give me a good wife. Some years later, God, give me a better wife, another wife. No, 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 we would never do this. No, no. God, give us children. Oh, please, God, give us nice children. We, we pray all kinds of prayer. We pray for money. We pray for a house. We pray for a promotion. Many times it's give me, give me, give me. And, and God loves to give. I love, I, I love to give my sons, you know, I'm already on this trip, we're thinking, what can we take home for our boys? Of course, as parents, we, we love to give, and, and God loves to give. He, he likes to bless us. But it's not, not only about that. He comes home, or, and he thinks, he, he, but when he came to himself, he said, I will go home, and I will ask my father, make me one of your hired servants. I, I believe this is one of the most important process in our life. It's from give me to make me. It's, it's from give me to make me. Not only asking God, God, give me, God, give me, but God, make me your servant. Actually, it's, it's really immature, and I would say if our, if our boys would still only come, you know, would come to Miriam and say, Mom, would you like, would you give me, give me, would you make this for me and that for me? And we would probably say to ourselves, this is really immature. But we want to see people develop in their relationship to God. We want to see people grow in their relationship. And this younger son and he went through troubles, through problems. And many times in our life, it's, it's those times where actually God brings us on our knees. Where we ask God, God, it's not about just you give me, but God make me. 
I remember when we had this prophecy, we will go to Berlin. And I had always the dream of going to Berlin. But when we have been at the Shout Conference, we knew it's the time now to go. And we went to Berlin. We thought, oh, when we come with this Equipers label, if we come with the Equipers name, we will, you know, we will just break through. We will have a big church, a great church. And God, give us a church. Give us, you know. And it didn't work like that, really. We went through a lot of issues, troubles, um, depression, financial crisis, things with our kids, health issues, didn't work out like we wanted it to. And, and, and my cry many times was, give me God, give me, give me, and why? And God spoke to me through this story. He said, Jürgen, it's not only about what you do for me and what, what I can give, but I want to make you. And I want to tell you tonight, you know, maybe you're here and you're in, you're in some circumstances. You see, it's a really challenge. It's really difficult right now. But, you know, the first thing is maybe not, God, give me. The first question should be maybe, God, there's something you want to do in my life. Maybe, God, could you use this situation? Could you use these circumstances to bring some change into my character, to bring some change into me, into my family, into my personality, so that I can be the person you want me to be? I like the story from, or I like the, uh, I like the scripture from James 1, 2 to 4. It says, my brethren, and I believe the sisters are included in here. It says, my brethren, count it for all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have the, let, let sorry, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking Nothing. Well, that's, that's the goal. God wants us to be perfect, lacking nothing. What a great goal God, God has for our life. You know, the goal for your life, the goal for my life, for your life, is that God has a great plan for our life. Psalm 139, that he has written every day of our life in his book. He has a great and awesome plan. But the way for his plan is trials, various trials, temptations, problems, circumstances against us. And sometimes we think, God, why are you not giving me? Why are you not doing this for me? But God has actually a plan for our life. His plan is, I want to make you. No, I want to change you. And sometimes it's in this in-between, God is taking us on a journey. God is taking us in those, in those moments when we cry, God, why? He wants us like the younger son. It says when he was thinking. I think you know, he came home, you know, falling on his knees and saying, Father. Make me. Make me. It's not just about giving me. You know, I believe God loves to give. I'm not saying God is not giving. Please listen to me. I, I believe God loves to give. God, God does miracles and, and we have experienced 
awesome miracles. We have experienced awesome miracles in Berlin in the last years, financially, health miracles, and all kinds. You know, Jesus is doing great things, and Jesus wants to do great things, and he wants to break through in your life. He wants to bless you. He wants to anoint you. He wants to do awesome things. But the goal in the end of our life is not how much we have been given from God, but the goal is how much have we become like him? How much has God made us to be more like him? So our questions many times should be, God, I want to be more like you. God, I'm asking you, please make me. Make me one of your servants. We see this process in, in many, in, in many uh, people. It, just think about Joseph. Joseph had this, this awesome dream. I, I would have liked it, you know, a prophecy like that, to be the second man in the country next to our chancellor, Angela Merkel or someone else. Think about next to the queen in England being in charge of the country. That would be an awesome prophecy. And, and, and you know, God has a word from, for every one of us like this. He has, he has a word for us. He has a plan for us. He has a promise for us. But Joseph had to go through so much stuff. Sold by his own brothers. You know, being in Potiphar's house and being wrongly ex um, accused. Put in prison. And after prison... Are you there? <laughs> After prison, you know, forgotten in prison. I think sometimes, how many times would I have given up? How many times would I have given up? But Joseph, Joseph said, okay, God, I still believe in your plan. And God made him. God made him. And in the end, he was ready for the prophetic word God has given him. You know, there's a prophetic word for you. There's a promise for you. There's something God wants to do in your life, but God needs to make you. God needs to take you on a journey. And this is on this journey when we are in trials, when we are in this temptation, when we're in all these kinds of problems, God is actually making us so that we can reach the promise of our life. So I want to give you just some points which can help us. I, only, I always have five points. I'm very, you know, so that you know how, how long we're in the sermon. I'm still in the inter introduction, just as you know. <laughs> five, because in one hand you have the microphone, so there's only five fingers left. Um, Matthew 23, 11 to 12 says, But he who is the greatest among you shall be your servant and whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. The younger son comes home and he says, Father, make me one of your hired servants. I believe to serve God is the key. It's the key. It's the key so that God will change us and make us. It's about serving. It's about a revolution of serving. It's a servolution. 
It's something God wants to do. It's something, and I believe this is a Cooper's culture. It's not just, you know, it's not just give me, but it's God, here I am. I want to be your servant. Here I am. God, use me. God, please, what can I do? So I want to give you five points this, um, tonight which can help us um, to serve God so that God can make us. The first one is we should be servants out of joy and thankfulness. In Luke 10, 19 to 20, and I, I love this verse because it helps me so much. It says, Behold, I give you the authority to tremble on serpents and scorpions and all over the power of the enemy, and nothing shall be by any means uh, hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. You know, I'm so happy that my joy is not dependent on circumstances. Because if my joy would be dependent on the success in ministry or the success in my prayer life, I would be sometimes full of joy and sometimes without joy. If my joy would be dependent on, this, on the performance of the German football team, oh, it would, would have been a terrible summer. No, winter is it's winter here. But for us, it's summer. It would, no, our joy is not dependent on circumstances. You know, sometimes we pray and God is doing miracles. But sometimes we pray and nothing happens. Sometimes maybe our bank account is filled. Sometimes. Not very often, right? But sometimes it's empty. But our joy is not, de our joy is not dependent on that. What, what is our joy dependent on? What is the Bible saying here? It's only dependent on one thing, that our names are written in heaven. Let me tell you tonight, it doesn't matter what you're going through. If you have given your life to Jesus, your name is written in heaven. It doesn't matter how difficult it is right now. You know, we, we can go through stuff. We have been through some stuff as a family, in marriage, with our kids, with our church, with finance, with health issues. I can tell you stories after stories how difficult life can be sometimes, and probably you know it. But our joy, the Bible says, is not dependent on that. Our joy is only dependent on my name is written in heaven. And I think this is a message for the church so, so, so important to understand. Come on, our joy is dependent on our name is written in heaven. Jesus has saved us. It's the name of Jesus. So when we come to worship God on a Sunday morning, we don't need this. Come on, please, let us be. Yeah, yeah. No, no, when we wake up Sunday morning, come on, my name is written in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. When we wake up Monday morning, come on, my name is written in heaven. When we wake up on Tuesday, my name is written in heaven. On Wednesday, when German loses a football game, still my name is written in heaven. Our joy is not dependent on circumstances. We are servants out of joy and thankfulness. We do not serve God out of obligation. We serve God out of joy and thankfulness. Here's number two. We serve God out of friendship. In John 15, 15, it says, No longer do I call you servants. Oops. For a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all things that I have heard from my father have made known to you. What is it now? Are we friends or are we servants? Your friends. 
we want to serve. We serve as friends. If you don't serve as a friend, you're a slave. And God hates slavery. Let me tell you this. God hates slavery. You know, church is not a place where we have a lot of slaves. Even maybe sometimes we feel like this. <laughs> it's not a place where we believe in, you know, slavery. No, we serve God because we are his friends. You know, when the youngest son comes home, he comes home to his father, he says, I want to serve you. I want to be in this house. I want to do this, God, because I'm your friend. In Psalm 54, Verse 6, it says, I will freely sacrifice you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. You know, a slave must. A servant wants. A slave makes the minimum. A servant reaches out for the maximum. A slave goes one mile. A servant goes the extra mile. A slave feels robbed. A servant gives freely. A slave is bound. A servant is free. A slave is fighting for his rights. A servant lays down his rights. We need churches of servants. We need churches filled with servants. People who say, you know, my name is written in heaven. I'm not a slave. I want to serve. I believe we have churches filled of slaves. I believe if I think about Germany, if I think about Europe... I don't know how it is here, but I think sometimes it feels like people, they don't want to be there. Come on, we want to be there. We are, we are servants. We, we, we have been lost like, like the, the lost son. We have been lost, but, but now we found. We, we, we have been without hope, but now we with hope. We have been without a future, but now we have a future. We want to serve. We want to give the best. We want to be servants, number three. A servant, we want to be servants who are willing to be positioned. He came home, home to his father. And he's not just saying, oh, father, I'm home. I'm back. Is my room still there? Where's my stuff? Is my stuff still in the garage? Can I unpack? No, he comes home. His father, I'm not just asking you to be a servant. I'm actually saying, make me one of your hired servants. We, you know, in, I don't know how, how, how this is in New Zealand, but in Germany, most people get money for their work. When your boss gives you money, he has a right to ask you things to do. He would say, Jürgen, you get the money, please clean the toilets. And you, I would, you know, if, if I'm employed, you say, okay, I, you give me the money. I'm willing to do whatever you tell me to do as long as I get the money. In church, we're not hired, right? No one has the right to tell us what to do because... We don't get any money. <laughs> Who has ever paid their children? Are you paying your children? I'm not paying my children. 
I mean, maybe you give, give, the, give them a little bit of pocket money and they live in your house and stuff, but you're not employing your children, right? <laughs> Even sometimes I tell them you're my four slaves, but um, <laughs> actually I'm not, we're really not employing our children. But sometimes in church, you know, we have the attitude, I'm not hired. But actually what we should have an attitude towards God is, God, I'm one of your hired servants. Wherever you want me to be, I will be. Just imagine, just for a moment, just imagine, all, all over the world, think about Europe. It's, it's always easier to think about the other side of the world. Think about all over Europe, every church, every believer would say to God, God, whatever you want me to do, I will do. I think we would, we, we would call it Revival. Think about New Zealand. When every Christian would say, God, whatever you want me to do, pastor, just, imagine, just dream for a moment. Dream on. Dream on. If everyone in the church would come to you next month, tomorrow Monday, and say, pastor, wherever you want me to be, I will do it. Just tell me what to do. We could start revival. Hey, here's the key for revival here in Christchurch. Revival here in this church. God, make me one of your hired servants. God, I'm, I'm so thankful. I was lost, but now I'm fine. But God, I'm, I'm willing to be positioned. I'm not just, you know, I'm not, I'm not just coming. I'm not just saying, give me God. But God, I'm actually saying, God, I'm, I'm here. I'm not, I'm not a slave. I don't have to. And I'm, I'm telling you, you don't have to. If you have to, you're a slave. God doesn't want slaves. But God wants to transform our hearts so that there's so much joy, there's so much thankfulness that we're coming like this lost son, we, we're running home, we're falling on our knees and say, Father, whatever you want me to do, I will do it. I'm so thankful what you have done for me. I want to serve you. Whatever it's necessary, I will do it. Father, just use me. I believe this is what God wants to do in churches. But it needs to be a transformation of heart. It's really sonship. It's, it's not out of slavery. It's not, it's not out of obligation. It's not out of you have to do it. It's, it's out of a thankfulness and hope and joy. It's, it's just because we love Jesus and we want to give him the best. Number four, it's, it's the servant who loves to serve the vision of the house. The younger brother comes home and he, he serves the vision of his father. He says, Father, whatever you want me to do, I will do it. Do, tell me what to do. I believe. I believe you know what to do. The older brother, the Bible says, was in the house as well. And he did not like that the younger son came home and the father would put on a party for him, a welcome back party. He didn't like, he said, your son, he, he spent all the money. Why are you treating him like this? So he was in the house, but he did not serve the vision of the house. You know, we can be in the house. We can be in the church sometimes. But we don't understand the vision of the house. And I think it's so important to understand the heart of the father 
to understand, you know, the Father wants to bring people back. He, he, the Father's heart is to, that the sons and daughters are coming home. The heart of the Father is that this house that equips Christ Church will be a church where, where people come. There's a vision of this house is to reconcile, you know, humankind with, with God. The vision of this house is to throw a party for people who have been lost and they need to find Jesus. The vision of this house is, is spending money and spending resources for the one reason is to serve God to a lost world. We want to serve the vision of the house. Sometimes, you know, even as a leader, as a pastor, I need to ask myself, God, what is, what is your heart? We want to serve the vision of your house. When Jesus came into the temple, if we know the story, when he, when he cleaned up the whole temple and he threw out all these um, different um, businessmen who have been in the, in the temple because, because Jesus had a picture of the house. He said, my house shall be a house of prayer for the nations. It's a house of it's reaching out to the nations. And I know Equipus is a house where we reach out to nations. It's so important that we, that we serve the vision of the house. I like, I like Psalm 92 where it says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. This shall still bear fruit in old age. This shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He's my rock and there's no unrighteousness in him. Those who are planted in the house of God. Number five is we should be... We, God wants us to be servants who have the right heart. We know in Proverbs 4.23 it says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Joseph's heart was changed. Joseph had this great dream and vision. And many years later when the brothers came to ask for, for food, he could have said, now, now you see, my dream is fulfilled. I'm here and you're there. But his heart was changed because God made him. He was a broken man in a good sense. He was humble. He went to his brothers because his heart was changed. You know, God is giving us dreams and God is giving me a dream. God is giving me a dream for, for Quippus, Germany, and for church planting and everything. But I was not ready for it. God had to change my heart. And God is still on the way to change my heart. God needs to change us. It's servants with the right heart. And I, I believe tonight it's, it's about a heart-changing message. It's about coming to God saying, God... We're asking you, make us your servants. Maybe you're in difficult, in a difficult setting. Maybe there's circumstances against you. Maybe you think, God, why is this happening to me? Why are you allowing this? Maybe it's just time to run towards God, falling on your knees and say, God, my prayers make me. Make me one of your servants. Maybe your decision tonight could be, Okay, God, my joy is not depending on circumstances. And to be a servant is not dependent on circumstances. 
I will start serving you. I will start serving you. And I know when you begin to serve God, when you begin to serve God in church and outside church, when you just say, God, here I am, God, use me, God will begin to change your circumstances. God will begin to change things in your life. But God is looking for people who will turn around and say, I need to run back to God. I need to run back to his house. I need to run back to my father. I need Jesus. And Jesus, I'm asking you, make me one of your servants. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. Jesus. Can we stand up where we are right now? Just, just take a moment in the presence of God. Now, I believe that that God likes us to respond to His Word. I believe that when God speaks that He touches our heart and the best thing we can do is to respond and say, Here I am, God. Here I am. Here I am to serve you. Here I am to love you. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.